Welcome back to Spend, Donate, Invest. When we think about the things that keep us up at night, whether that's climate change or homelessness or racism or any other systematic oppression, we usually talk about how we can claim our power when we vote. Some of us might even protest. But what about our money? Are there ways that we can use our money in line with some of our other values? That's exactly what this show is about. You can send in your letters with whatever you've been thinking about. I'll do some research, talk to experts, and come back with some thoughts. Hopefully, you'll walk away with some helpful suggestions. You might even laugh. You might think differently than you did before. Either way, thank you for being here. Here's today's letter. I mentioned to my brother that I started to buy certain brands and shop at certain stores because I'm worried about climate change. And he said that all of that marketing is greenwashing. I don't want to give him the smug feeling of knowing I have no idea what he's talking about. (laughs) So I'll ask you, what is greenwashing? (laughs) Greenwashing is a term that's getting more and more popular, and most of the articles that you'll read about it go back to a report written by Tara Choice back in 2007, where they were outlining the most common false and misleading environmental claims. They called them the seven sins of greenwashing. (laughs) We love good marketing. So here they are. These are the seven sins of greenwashing. The very first one that they describe is called hidden trade-offs. So number one, hidden trade-offs. Hidden trade-offs are where a company highlights their work fixing one environmental issue while hiding another one. And the example that they share is of paper that's created from sustainable forest. And the problem with that is just because you haven't devastated a natural habitat, there are other trade-offs we have to consider in the papermaking process, such as energy, greenhouse gas emissions, water, air pollution. All of those might be equally or more significant. The second sin of greenwashing is called no proof. And what they mention here is when a company doesn't have proof for their environmental claims. So most of you are probably familiar with Nest. That's the fancy thermostat that has weirdly become a status symbol. (laughs) Nest, which I believe was acquired by Google at some point, was claiming that they're the most environmentally friendly product compared to other thermostats, but they couldn't prove it. So eventually they had to take the claim off of their marketing. The next sin of greenwashing is called vagueness. Vagueness. So it's like, what on earth do we even mean with all these labels? Like, what does it mean if a product has the word green on it or all natural or ethical? What are we even comparing it to? The FTC does have some guides on labeling, but they aren't legal requirements. The next sin of greenwashing is called irrelevance. And this is where a company is, you know, toting some fact that doesn't even really matter or isn't even something they should be bragging about. So for example, you will see on a lot of cans that a product is free of CFCs. 
Those are refrigerants. And those were banned a long time ago because of their environmental impact. So it doesn't make any sense when companies are proudly putting these banners on the packaging that they don't include CFCs. Of course they don't. Like it's literally the law. Talk about uh, what you're doing above the bare minimum. That's what we want companies to do, not to advertise that they're following the literal bare minimum. The next sin of greenwashing is called the lesser of two evils. So this is where you start to see things like uh, cars that are labeled as being more fuel efficient, but just because they're more fuel efficient than the others, it doesn't mean they're actually good. I can tell you personally, I am often tempted when I see those fuel efficient SUVs being advertised, <laughs> for example. Uh, the next sin is fibbing. Uh, so fibbing is when you see a company putting some outright false claims on their packaging. For example, do we all remember in 2015 when the EPA found out that Volkswagen was cheating on their emissions testing software? Wasn't that wild? I don't know why I always get surprised. Mercedes did this too, and Chevrolet, and Ford. So it's not enough that we have the legal requirements. I think it's great that the EPA have, has set that up. But we also need strict punishments. If it's just a small fine the companies are going to do it again. So sometimes, I think on a smaller scale, you'll also see companies lying that their products are Energy Star certified or registered. That's fibbing. The next and last uh, sin of greenwashing that came out in this original report back in 2007 is worshiping false labels. And that can be all of those random labels that don't even really mean anything from a third-party organization. Um, sometimes we see that with food and whether or not it's organic or pesticide-free or whatever. What we're talking about are these random banners and certifications from organizations nobody's ever even heard of before. Or the other thing you'll see under worshiping false labels is you'll see a package that has all of these pictures of like trees and nature, but they haven't actually changed the ingredients at all. I suspect that your brother was probably thinking about this one in particular, where, you know, that's like the ultimate greenwashing is where the product is exactly the same as it was before. But now the label has pictures of a happy earth. <laughs> so those are the most common examples of greenwashing. Stay alert, my friends. Thanks for joining today's discussion. You can always send in your questions by emailing the address in the show notes. You might be wondering, I hope you're wondering about how you can support the show. There are a lot of ways to do this. You can subscribe. You can share an episode with someone. That is the biggest help you could provide to the show. It turns out that... It doesn't really matter if I tell someone to listen to the show. What really counts is when a listener recommends the show to someone that they know. So that's you guys. If you all can help to spread the word, share episodes, then more people will discover the podcast. Um, you can also click on the Buy Me a Coffee link and kick into a fun to buy new equipment, microphones, boring stuff like that. Uh, you can also write a review for the show or click around on your app and see if it lets you give the show five stars. So thanks for your support and let's talk again soon. Bye.